1: You can do that. Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio with Peter Burns and Braden Gall moving on. Always hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. The show always presented by Progressive Insurance hopefully Tua Tungvaloa has some pretty good insurance uh, when it comes to being an NFL player. All players do, right? Ooh. News breaking just a couple of moments ago um, and Mike McDaniel was talking to reporters. Dolphins head coach said, quote, um, Tua did in fact suffer a concussion over on Sunday. Teddy Bridgewater is now in line to start Sunday at New England. Of course, a monster game coming up for the Dolphins where they got, what, just around a 70% chance to make the playoffs right now. They fall down to about 50% If they end up losing that game over in Foxborough, and basically say McDaniel said some of the inconsistencies about what he normally sees in Tua caused some concern. And then, uh, of course, it was kind of confirmed when Tua's response sent him to the doctors. Of course, they ended up saying he had had a concussion. Yet here we are on the eleventh concussion that it feels like Tua has had so far this season, Brad.
2: Well, and I don't want to be like too dramatic here. I try to you know keep it keep it in the lanes, but it feels it's just it's entering scary territory for a player that if you appreciate football and you like watching the game the way it's being played in 2022, how do you not love watching this offense? And watching Tua no. play play ball, like I think he gets a bad rap because of all the other stuff that's happened around him in terms of like the front office and the Brian Flores situation and Deshaun Watson and Tom Brady. There's a lot of stuff that's out of his control that I think has affected his, the people's perception of him. I think all he does is win. All he does is produce. And when he's on the field, he is awesome. I, I think he's. But those mistakes against Green Bay in the fourth quarter, especially the one on the final drive where he just doesn't see the guy. People are just destroying him. Miami Dolphins Twitter mm-hmm. is just ripping on the guy, and and it and maybe there's more to the story now. And you start to see when when head injuries start to compound over a course of a season, like they are for Tua. I don't know how you don't just feel immediate. Like I'm just scared. Like I am just scared for him because even if you clear protocol and you are healthy. And again, I'm not a doctor here, but even though there's no signs or symptoms of the injury, it can come back in a second. One hit can change it all, and it's just it's just scary to see. And and he's an asset to this game. And you know, again, the Dolphins got to play New England this week. They got new, the Jets next week. They need one win, and they're into the playoffs. Uh, it, it's it's a lot there for for the Dolphins fans. Right.
1: Now. Uh, that's Braden Gall. I'm Peter Burns here in Barton Hunt on ESPN Radio. What's interesting, Braden, is the fact that how how. ADD we are as sports fans and even Dolphins fans were right remember when the whole thing started happening with two it's like oh dear lord like will he ever play again like I don't want to see him over on the field then all of a sudden he comes back and he starts looking pretty good Miami started winning some games they're still in playoff contention and yet Dolphins fans and even sports fans start losing their mind on how bad he is in the fourth quarter and now come to find out well guess what Probably yeah. concussed. Probably shouldn't have been on the field. Um, was there a you know the observer or whatever the spotter that that missed something? Right, billion dollar industry, and you're saying, hey, the only yeah. thing that could really truly destroy the NFL is having major major CTE and concussion issues enough to where they said we need to third party this out, and the league still wasn't able to capture it. Right, and yet now, now we started looking at going, wait, Tua was horrible. Well, all right, well maybe there was something. The, to this, now they're going to start Teddy Bridgewater, which even McDaniel said, "Listen, going forward, Teddy's going to be our guy." If I'm not mistaken, what had what one pass the season and got injured on that pass? So, um, you know, what he's a pretty he's a pretty
2: at- he pretty good backup though. As far as a guy who's been in the league a long time, knows what he's doing, knows how to take care of the football.
1: You go back and look at the – that's what I was going to go to right now is this has kind of been the year of the backup quarterback. You go back and look at what Brock Purdy was able to do in San Francisco, right, even though he was third string and Garoppolo was that guy behind Lance when they got him the start. Um, You look at what has happened with Mike White over with the Jets whenever he was healthy enough to play. And, by the way, he will be making his return back to the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. But this – Cooper Rush for the Cowboys. Cooper Rush, right? And – For the longest time, we've talked always about QB1s, rightfully so, but the GMs have built their name upon, hey, what happens in case this goes down? And now I think that what you're going to see is the huge amount of a market for these quality backups because now with the 17-game season, that's only even one more game. And I think eventually – Braden, we're going to get to 18 games. I think they're eventually going to, to jettison one other preseason game, like it or not, because you're going to continue to chase money. And and at some point, you're going to have to look at this, even though the league is set up right now to protect the quarterbacks more so than ever. I mean, you can't even look sideways to Tom right. Brady without getting flagged right. for, for um, you know a 15-yard penalty. That... GMs are really going to prove their worth, and backup quarterbacks are really going to prove their worth to this to the NFL more
2: so Ta- than ever before. Taylor Heineke five three and one for for the Commanders this right? year. I mean, it's it's been the year of the backup quarterback. In part, that's part of why the NFL scoring has been down, and the, and the offenses have been so tough to watch. But a lot of guys have done their job. Again, Cooper Rush four and one as a starter for the Cowboys after Dak gets hurt, and and they're not in this position. The Cowboys are not eleven and four and locked into a playoff spot with two weeks to go. If not for their backup quarterback. So I do see the what you're saying. Now, quickly, I on the Tua situation, like it does feel like people have failed him around him. There are people, some people, some folks whether it's league or the or the team, you know, I'm not suggesting that on Sunday against Green Bay that it should have been obvious. Now the the first one this season was obvious. Someone clearly failed Tua when when he is no, no. laying laying on the ground and and can't and is stumbling and falling over and then the fingers and all that stuff like Somebody clearly failed him, and that's why some some people don't have their jobs anymore. But this one is a little trickier. This is the gray area where you're not really sure. There's not an obvious hit. It's one of those where he falls back and kind of pops his head against the ground. It's up to the team. Like, the player's never going to know. You can't ask a player like, hey, how you doing? These are gladiators. They, they all want to play. Like They're all going to play. and Because you lose your job if you don't play, right? And so it's on the coaching staff. It's on the doctors. It's on all these people. And it feels like Somebody has failed to a some at some point along this year. It, it doesn't mean it's obvious. I just think it. You know, I'm not saying it's nefarious. I just think people have failed to somewhere along the way. And can Bridgewater get the Dolphins into the playoffs? I think it's absolutely possible. Again, New England's under 500. The Jets are sure. under 500. All you got to do is win one of those two games, and you're in. It is Tua healthy? Selfishly, I want to see Tua play in the playoffs because I think it's great entertainment. But if he walked away at the end of the year, would anybody be surprised? I don't think anyone, and no one could fault him
1: either. Remember Javid Best of the Detroit Lions for a while? He ended up having a a bunch of concussions and ended up walking away, and he was a pretty decent running back. I mean, this has happened. Look at J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt still pretty much, you know, I'm not saying he has his fastball back when he was playing with the Texans, but can J.J. Watt be a difference maker for teams? Absolutely. And I saw that picture of J.J. Watt holding his son, uh, or or, or his kid, uh, a a couple days ago on Instagram when he said, this is going to be my final year. And I thought, well, wait a minute. J.J. can still play. J.J.'s going to command a boatload of money. But J.J.'s also probably looking at this going, all right, what's what's my quality of life going to be like? Well, now, again, J.J. Watt has played many years in the league. He has already put himself in kind of this Hall of Fame credential part right. where Tua is still trying to battle that. And again, at the end of the day, and I think we lose a lot of that in college football when we talk about bowl opt-outs. At the end of the day, if you worked your tail off for something that was your dream job, you want to play. Yeah. At the, like, We see it as a yep. business, as fans, and all oh, these guys are making millions of dollars and this guy's garbage. Maybe at the end of the day, guys just say, you know what? I've worked hard. I enjoy playing the game of football. I enjoy the camaraderie of being on a team, and I'm never going to fault Tua for that. I, what the right answer is, Braden, I don't know. Like, I don't think the NFL knows. I don't think the Miami Dolphins know. Hell, I don't right. even think Tua and his family know at that point. I, I think
2: one of the one of the the joys and the benefits of having this this job, both you and I have had over the years, is you get to work with a lot of guys that played the game for a long period of time, and what, you, you learn you learn so much from those relationships, talking to those guys, talking ball, talking games. But then you, you get to the point. I don't know how many you know you've worked with dozens of these players. When there's always a conversation with, hey, like. What's going on? And he and, and a former player. I worked with a former wide receiver, Derek Mason, for years. And he looked at me and he goes, "Yeah, I'm, I do yoga four times a day to try to keep my body and my mind active because I took such a beating playing in the NFL. Like, there's every single like the life expectancy for an NFL player is like 57 years old. It's mm. it's not 72. 72 is you and me. <laughs> like that's the average life expectancy for a, a human being, a male in America. 57 for NFL players. That's that's it." I, I don't know. Like I just, to your point, it's up to Tua. It's all to his family and his his decision. But I, I selfishly, I want to see him play. At the same time. I, can't, I don't. Nobody can tell him what to do.
1: He's got. I highly doubt that we will season. see Tua the rest of the remainder of the season. Yeah. I think this will be yeah. the Teddy Bridgewater show and an opportunity for him to to take control once again of a Dolphins team that should be going to the playoffs and should beat the Patriots coming up this weekend. All right, uh, coming up, I want to talk a little bit about the Denver Broncos. What's going on? What's the future with Russell Wilson and the latest that I've heard about what's going on with Sean Payton and his future in the NFL? But Brayton has this first for O'Reilly. Stop
2: by O'Reilly Auto Parts for do-it-right deals on antifreeze and coolant, wiper blades, and more. It's like 25 degrees in Nashville. I need some more antifreeze. Save $2 instantly. On Xerox OE Antifreeze and Coolant, save $10 per pair on Raynex Advantage Wiper Blades. Plus, get two times O rewards points. The professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades for free. Don't miss Do It Right deals going on now. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts or visit OReillyAuto.com.
3: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any.
1: It is Barton Hahn, ESPN Radio. Braden Gall, Peter Burns. You can give us a call on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-729-3776, 888-SAY-ESPN is the phone number. There's two big topics right now in the NFL. I guess add a third, if you talk about what would happen, we just discussed about Mike McDaniel, discussing that Teddy Bridgewater now going to be the starter for the Dolphins against the Patriots this weekend, possibly for the remainder of the season with Tua's injuries. Uh, When it comes down to what the Denver Broncos Are going to do in their future? What do you do with Russell Wilson and the other part of Sean Payton? Are those two going to be connected? George Patton, the Broncos general manager, who's gotten the vote of confidence from ownership, which probably means that he's going to get fired next week, Braden, anytime you get a vote of confidence. I I never want to get the vote of confidence from ESPN radio or SEC network. Like if they say, hey, how's Peter Burns doing? vote of confidence over here you pretty much need to brush off your resume right i think that's the case
2: we are Uh, expecting peter to continue on his trajectory of being a wonderful studio host and radio host
1: and then it comes out to be like we wish him well in his future endeavors uh this is what he had to say about russell wilson needing to get better and how the coaches played into that decision we saw flashes of russ this year you know russ and, and russ even said he didn't play up to his standard but um You know, the first half of the Chargers game, the the first half of the Raiders game, you know, he finished strong. So you can go through the season, that you do see uh, flashes. And he'll be the first one to tell you he didn't play up to his standard, didn't play up to our standard. He needs to be better. Uh, I don't think we made a coaching move based on Russ, you know. That wasn't what it's all about. That's that's not why we're getting a new coach to turn around Russ. It's about the entire um, organization. It's about the entire football team. It's just not one player. Uh, It's not whether Russ is fixable or not. Uh, we do believe he is. We do. Sounds like when you bring the car into the shop, you're like, should I just uh, bring it to the salvage yard? Or, like, we think it's fixable. Like, think just, it's, we think it's. Let good. us look underneath the hood. So here's the question, Brayden. If your Broncos ownership right now. Do you go all, all in? You've already given him the money. you already given the extension. Do you go all, all in and work with Russell Wilson and say, who do you want to work with? How do we work with you? Or do you bring in the head coach you want, and you look at Russell Wilson right now and go, listen, we're paying you to be a quarterback, but we're paying you to be a teammate, not sit in your private office with your quarterback coaches. How would you handle the Broncos organization with Russell Wilson?
2: Like in a perfect world, you've got enough power and leadership skills to sort of balance the two. And you can say, look, Russ, we respect who you are and what you do for your life, your career. You're the player. You're the quarterback. The ball's in your hand every single play. But at the same time, we need you to like we can't just give you every single decision. Uh, There has to be a balance between you also don't want to just alienate the player. And just go hire someone that he hates. Like, you can't do that either. Like, if, if Sean Payton is like, I have no desire to work with Russell Wilson. Again, I don't know that. I'm just hypothetically here. If Sean Payton's like, no, that's not a guy I want running my team. That's not a personality type. That's not the player. That's not the skill set I want running my offense. Uh, although similar to Drew Brees in skill set and stature, ironically. Right. I, I think it, it and if Sean Payton says, no, that's not the guy. You don't just go hire the guy and try to make it work. So again, that puts the Denver Broncos, I think, in a very difficult situation where you've got to balance the two things. There needs to be some input and some (sighs) conversation, but, but you also have to respect both parties at the same time. And that is called... Organizational culture and Nathaniel Hackett clearly could not create that in that locker room.
1: Right, because Nathaniel Hackett wasn't hired to be Russell Wilson's quarterback or, or, or his coach. He was hired to be Aaron Rodgers' quarterback, but then the yeah. Broncos whiffed on that. Aaron Rodgers decided to stay over in Green Bay despite all that drama, and then that front office, that ownership group said, We need to make a splash. Part of the reason why is because the former ownership of the Denver Broncos knew that team was up for sale. Right, The Bolin family had all their issues that they wanted to go out and make a boatload of money. Hey, it doesn't help when everyone's talking about your team as the time that your team is up for sale. That's going to help. The problem is they went with Russell Wilson, but they had Nathaniel Hackett as this guy. It didn't work out. So that's why if I'm the Denver Broncos, I, I disagree with you, Braid. I go all in on Russell Wilson. Okay. Do I think Russell Wilson is washed up? No. Do I think he needs a reset? Yes. I think you need to surround him with the proper tools to succeed. And what I mean by that is you go all in. If you're going to give that money to Russell Wilson and you say he's a quarterback that's going to change everything, you go to him and you talk about what you want for your personnel. You go to him you talk about what coaches you want to surround him by. You talk about him as being a Hall of Fame quarterback that he could eventually get to, and you give him the keys to the organization. Because if you go half... If you go halfway on all of this, you're not going to get anywhere, right? Yeah. How many times have we seen that? We saw that with Kirby Smart last year, and he goes, burn the boats. We'll win a national championship, right? <laughs> We've seen that with the Rams going, to blank those draft picks. We're going all in. We saw that with the 49ers when they made the trade for Christian McCaffrey. It's like, you go all in. You've already pushed your chips into the all-in aspect of this when you gave that extension to yeah, Russell that's, Wilson, right? That's, that's the so, problem is you don't have a choice.
2: Like right. it, it, you can, I can say anything I want here on on on, on ESPN Radio. It doesn't matter. They're locked into a contract with him, and no one's going to take the contract from him. Now, I also don't think Russell Wilson's as bad as he played this year. So I think some of the blame goes to him, but also some of the blame goes to Hackett and to the rest of the organization. My question is, is if you give him all of that... Yes. If you give him all of that, A, can you find a good enough coach? Now... To, to let's be fair to the situation here. Sean Payton is a, is in a position of power where he can sit back and say, you know what, Ugh. maybe I don't want to work with Jerry Jones. Maybe I don't want to work with Russell Wilson.
1: He can be very, very selective. Maybe I'll wait to see what happens with the Chargers. Maybe right. I'll wait he, to see what happens yes. with the Cowboys in a, in a playoff run.
2: He can be incredibly selective. He has all the leverage here. So all the other names that want to get their, their job as first-time head coaches – there's a lot of guys that probably say, yeah, yeah, nope, no problem. I'll work with Russell Wilson. Give me the job. Give me the job. There's probably lots of guys because all these jobs are very, very good. The question is, can you win a Super Bowl with a quarterback who has his own office and his own coaching staff separate from the other 52 guys and let that be the environment that you live in? And I, I think there has to be some adjustment from Russell in, in, in on his own side of things to try to... Be more involved with the team. I don't even know what the right phrase is. Like, no, be a, be a team member,
1: right? right? I mean, we heard from Brandon Chris all over in KOA who covers the Broncos, and and I've heard this from Andrew Mason. A lot of guys that I respect around the Denver Broncos uh, media uh, group is saying, listen, there is a there is a different kind of VIP uh, aspect of Russell Wilson. That ain't going to change, right? And that's why I say you lean into it, but at the same time you offer some type of way and some type of compromise and go, Russell, here's what's the deal, right? You're here. You're not going anywhere. We can't get rid of you. We're, we're, we're rolling in this direction. You and I sit down and we talk about who would you like to have as your head coach? Who do you think is that leader? Man. I will give you that. Who do you want to sign, right? Something that the the, the, Bron- the Packers fans wish they would have talked to Aaron Rodgers for the longest time about, and that might be a happier <laughs> marriage, and it might have a better team had they done that. But you give him that. You give him the keys to the head coaching decision. You give him the keys to the front office. But what you also do is say, if you want this key, here's what I need from you. You don't have this office. You don't have your private yeah. coaches and stuff like that. You're a part of a team. OK, remember a couple of years ago, Russell Wilson on, on Instagram and social media kind of, quote unquote, reinvented himself and it was <laughs> left Russ Cook and it was like, oh, man, it's going to be awesome. All right. Well, guess what? We're going to hit the, uh, you know, the men in black little vzz, where it kind of just completely changes what has happened here. And just we erase, go, the, erase
2: the memories. Yeah,
1: erase the memory. And we're going to restart. And Man. that's part of the that's part of the PR aspect of it. But that's the idea of compromising when it comes to Russell Wilson and the Broncos, because you can't you can't go in a different direction that Russell's not all in on, because that's well, only going to force him want to get into his cocoon yeah. even more.
2: And and I, and I think we do this as fans a lot too, where we look at quarterbacks that clearly do not have the supporting cast they need. All Rodgers is a perfect example of this. Like Aaron Rodgers, you didn't have to take fifty million dollars a year. And we, as fans, it's e- and in the media, it's easy for us to say, well, if you just took 38, you could have signed like another receiver. <laughs> like it's easy to mm-hmm. say, look, you take less, but we don't do that in any other walk of life in society where we look at another human being in america capitalistically and we say yeah you take less money for the greater good like no we're all out to get ours and that's how that's how this country works but it when it comes to winning championships versus generating revenue for yourself those are two very different things and if russell wilson wants to just keep building his own personal tower and his own personal brand and have his own coaching staff with his own office separate from all the teammates. I don't know how you make that work in a sport where you need 53 people pulling in the same direction as the front office, as the coaching staff. It all has to be in alignment to win. We see this in college football all the time. You need everybody aligned to win at the highest level. And I don't know how you can have your main cog on the field, off in left field or or right field or whatever <laughs> a different field mm-hmm. and have it and have it work at a championship level again when you give people more power and more money and they already have hall of fame status it generally they don't give back they don't turn the other direction and learn how to be more sympathetic and sort of cooperative and compassionate generally people get more greedy and more power hungry i think rogers has done this and i think it costs green bay potentially a chance at the playoffs this
3: year
1: 888-SAY-ESPN is the phone number to weigh in. 888-729-3776. You could be a part of Barton Hahn Nation on Dr. Pepper Call line. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. at End college football season. Without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. There is one team that could be the ultimate spoiler and surprise of where Sean Payton lands. I'll tell you what that is next, and we'll talk to a former NFL player to get his take on the latest on Tua as well. Peter Burns, Braden Gall, this is Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio. Bart and Han. Peter Burns, Britton Gall. Welcome back to Bart and Han on ESPN Radio. Always brought to you by Be- Peacock, presenting the new original limited series, The Best Man, the final chapters from the creator of The Best Man and The Best Man Holiday, an executive producer of Insecure, streaming now only on Peacock. Um, we've been discussing a lot about uh, what's going on with the Broncos, Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, will he, won't he? But then news breaks just a couple of moments ago that the Miami Dolphins uh, will not be with the services of Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Uh, Mike McDaniel came out, Dolphins head coach, and said, listen, Tua had a concussion, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater is our starter going forward. Sam Acho, NFL analyst, joining us right now here on Barton Hahn. Sam, uh, where do we even start with the Tua? Uh, latest news about the concussion, McDaniel confirming it, and Bridgewater getting the start now against the Patriots?
3: The first piece I think you have to start with is is Tua's health. I think long term, that's the most important story, more important than the playoffs, and Mike McDaniel's first year as head coach, and all those things. I think that's got to be at the forefront. Hope, and even more important than a playoff push. Now, hopefully, obviously, Tua and his family, like, hopefully he recovers quickly. I don't see him coming back this season to have two or three concussions in one season, especially reported concussions. I think it's wise to not play. Um, so that's first. But then second, you would go to, okay, well, if it's not Tua, can the Dolphins still make the playoffs with Teddy Bridgewater? And that's kind of the question you have to answer. The first step is, all right, got to beat the Patriots, and the Patriots have struggled as of recent. So I think that they can win that game against the Patriots. Then it comes down to what happens Week 18, the last week of the season when they play the Jets. And so anyways, I think just in that order. Tua's health, number one. Number two is game plan. Do we have what it takes to, to win, either go 2-0 or at least win one game and get some help? And I think that they they do, right? Like, I think that they do.
2: Yeah, sc- scary is the word that comes to mind, Sam, when you when you watch how this season has unfolded for, for Tua, there's no question. Over in Denver, Russell Wilson, of course, seems fully healthy, ready to play, has not been productive. Now they've got a coaching search that's ongoing. And from a player's perspective, when, when you have a quarterback who feels so distant, has his own office and his own coaching staff, and he's off on his own, like, how do you bridge that gap to try to re, like, reconvene the locker room with a player that feels so uh, away from everybody else?
3: It's interesting because that's the narrative that we're hearing in the media. And that narrative may, may very well be true with certain guys on the locker room. But also, I'm confident that there are guys that, that are close with, with their quarterback. And I've played on teams where I wasn't close with my quarterback. Right? I played with, you know, I was in Chicago for some years. There was a quarterback who a lot of people didn't like on, on the Bears. I wasn't overly close with him. That was fine when I was in Arizona. <laughs> wait, whoa, whoa. You and you know Jay Cutler saying?
1: don't share Christmas cards uh, back in the <laughs> you know day? I mean, is that what like you're saying? You're not like, on the list? Like you,
3: don't have to be, you don't have to be best friends with everyone. All the people want is for you to win. Yeah. And so if he was winning, like, I'm, you know, Aaron Rodgers probably isn't best friends with a lot of his. I, I know there's some former teammates who have said negative things about him. Right. But he wins. He's a four time MVP back to back. So, like, if Russell Wilson was winning, this would be a non-story, but he's not winning. So it is a story. And so I do think some of it gets blown out of proportion. Now, to kind of get back to your question of how do you rebuild trust, I think it's. I think it's hard to build trust in the first place, and that's kind of the thing, right? When you're a quarterback, you're getting paid a lot of money. You're the face of the franchise. There's already so many barriers between you and other guys on the team, especially with the way that contracts have changed to where now the rookies aren't getting paid all the money. It's really the quarterbacks and the star players that are getting these huge contracts. almost puts you in a different stratosphere. And so you have to do whatever you can to try and break down those barriers. Maybe it's inviting people over to your house. Maybe it's doing, you know, von, you know, some guys on different teams do, you know, defense dinners. When I play, you used to, used to do defense dinners or offensive line dinners, all these things. So there are ways to make that change, but it's really hard, especially when there's already seeds of a narrative that it just gets perpetuated in the media. then you're already thinking, man, I knew I didn't like this guy, and I don't know if you know this guy <laughs> so this is a reason not to like this guy. Locker rooms can be very divided in general, and then you see it on TV all the time. It almost gives you a reason to be more divided.
1: Sam Ocho, ESPN NFL analyst and not on Jay Cutler's Christmas card list. Joining us here on ESPN (laughs) radio, uh, Peter Burns and Braden Gall. Uh, So one of the names that's been kind of thrown out is Sean Payton. I find it to be very interesting. I don't know how good of a a head coach Sean Payton is. The only reason why I say that, I know how good he was with Drew Brees. I don't know what it's like in this next uh, future, because it looks like he's starting to put together a staff. It's going to happen somehow, some way. If... Sean Payton calls Sam Acho up and says, hey, wh- wh- where are you leaning me to? Give me, give me your thoughts on where the league is right now, where my best landing spot is. What are you telling him?
3: Well, wow, that's a great question. First, Sean, thanks for calling. Uh, good to hear from me. <laughs> um, That's a great question, and I, I don't know if I'm telling him to go to Denver. A couple reasons. One, people are going to want a quick turnaround. I don't know if him going to Denver is the quickest turnaround. I don't think him going to Denver – of course, everyone wants to compete, but you're going against a team in a division. You're going a division that the Chiefs have gone to four straight AFC title games. They've won the division what seven straight years. The Chargers are up and coming, so like it's not like you're just going to walk in there and just dominate. I don't think that's what you're walking into. So then you think okay. about, I mean, there you know, NFC East. I mean, they're, Cowboys. They're, they're, I mean,
1: you're the same thing because that division's going to be pretty damn tough, right?
3: Yeah, you're saying Sean Payton go to the Cowboys? No, I think think uh, the Cowboys are going to be better. I think the Cowboys... Sorry, is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the Cowboys will be better than people think. I don't think they're going to lose in the first round. I don't think McCarthy will be fired, right? So I think the Cowboys isn't really as realistic. And if they're going to do... The Cowboys are going to do this big overhaul and bring in whoever Sean Payton's team is, I don't think, this year. So you think about... The Texans could be an option. People have talked about Arizona, maybe. I don't know if they'd be looking for a head coach, or maybe a new GM. I don't know where I'd tell him to go, but I don't think I'd tell him to go to Denver because it already sounds like, and I, I haven't talked to him, obviously, but it just seems like he has the his, his choice. He'd have to go to the first place that he wants to go. Mm-hmm. There may be other places where he'll be able to build it his way with his quarterback, with his staff, with his receivers, whatever he wants, and doesn't have, have to be what someone else already decided contractually for a quarterback, and, and, et cetera. Sam Acho, ESPN
2: NFL analyst joining us here. Barton Hahn, Peter Burns, Braden Gall. Real real quickly here, Buffalo and Cincinnati are going to play on Monday Night Football. Buffalo and Kansas City have played in the playoffs each of the last two years. Um, how long does it need how how many years how many games do you have to play before you can call it a rivalry? And which is the what what's the one thing you want to see quarterback wise in the NFL over the next few years in the postseason from a rivalry standpoint?
3: Oh wow. So I think that's starting to become a rivalry. Buffalo uh, or excuse me, Kansas City, really Kansas City and Cincinnati, Yeah, right? Burroughs 3-0 and against Kansas City. I think that's starting to become a rivalry. What I'd like to see, if I want it for a rivalry, I don't necessarily want to see this, but for a storyline, if Cincinnati meets Kansas City and beats them again in the playoffs and goes to another Super Bowl, that'd be Oof. interesting, Right, mm-hmm. But what I want to see is I want to see the Bills. I want to see Josh Allen <laughs> and the Bills win. They've, this team, and I, I played with them for a bit in my towards the end of my NFL career, this team I feel like has been down for so long and just on the cusp of of excellence. I mean, they're already oh. close to excellence, but like being elite. Yeah. I want to see them win. Josh Allen's been okay this year. A couple interceptions, right? You heard somebody in the media say, hey, your offense isn't good enough to win a Super Bowl. He just looked at him and said, okay. And looked at him. I want to see Josh Allen, Micah Hyde, Devin Singletary, Tremaine Edmonds. I want to see these guys win a Super Bowl because that city, I didn't know about the fan base and all those things, but that city uh, would go nuts if they won.
1: That's all we want to see. We want to see Bill's Mafia run through. Sam, always great stuff, dude. We appreciate the time, and and you are on my Christmas card list going forward, all right? (laughs) Thanks, bro. Awesome. Thank you. There it is. Sam Acho joining us uh, here on Barton Hahn. Peter Burns, Braden Gall, coming up, a performance we've never seen in the history of the world, of the universe. (laughs) We'll break it down coming up next here on ESPN Radio.
0: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And...
3: And of course, Luca could just try to hit it hard off the rim and try to come in the middle of the lane and grab the rebound
2: himself. On the way, hit it hard, rebound, batted it around. It's taken by Luca. He hits! He hits with a second to go as he hit the deck.
0: Tiny 115. It worked! It totally worked!
1: That call courtesy of 97-1. The Eagle. <laughs> wow. Did you guys really over there at ESPN Radio throw Suzanne Vega's Luka and a Luka highlight? That may be more impressive wow. than the... No, no, not as impressive as 61, 21 boards or 60 points, 21 rebounds and 10 assists that Luka Doncic had last night against who other? Who would have been their opponent, Braden? Like You, you would not even had to see the game and I could have told you someone's going to blow a nine-point lead with 35 seconds left. What team would you have told me it was going to be?
2: You don't have to pick on them. You don't have to pick on the New York Knickerbockers like that. Come on, man. Oh, man, that's why I quit on the Knicks a long time ago. It's because they kept doing that to my, to my heart. It's bad for your health to be a Knicks fan. It's, wh- it's why I've moved on to John Morant and my Grizzlies here in the state of Tennessee. Listen, I, I don't know how much basketball you've watched in your life, Peter. I imagine it's a lot. Right? A lot. I imagine you've watched a lot of basketball. A lot. Um, we are both in our 40s. We've watched a lot of basketball. Sorry to, sorry to blow up your spot there, man. I apologize.
1: But uh, 43 years young. Yes, There sir. you go.
2: There you go. So a combined 70 years of basketball watching between the two of us. How many times has the intentionally missed free throw, bounce off three hands, land back in the shooter to make the jump shot? How many times has that ever worked that you've ever seen in your entire life?
1: I've only seen it happen once in my career. Okay, in my lifetime, in 43 years, it was 1988, I was nine, my little brother was five, and I completely got it. Like, it was a game of 21, I thought got I missed him. it on purpose, I got it, bun done. Like It never works until it actually did. And again, we joke around about that, but teams up nine with 35 seconds to go, in the last 20 years, there's been over 13,000 of those games the team leading has won all 13,000-plus of those games, except for last night. Luka Doncic, uh, just to add even more to the legend that was that performance, <laughs> here he was, uh, courtesy of Bally Sports last night, on uh, how he was going to celebrate. I'm tired as hell.
2: <laughs> you can rest later. You're young.
1: I need a recovery beer. A recovery, Need a recovery beer.
2: Recovery beer. I'm not. I'm not sure that's exactly what the uh, the nutritionist always recommends following uh, that kind of physical exertion. It, you you mentioned the the thirteen thousand times it's never happened. No one's ever gone sixty, twenty, and ten in NBA history in ever. a game. It's right. never happened. Um, and then of course you and I have just said it's it's science. Now we've never seen the the intentionally missed free throw ever actually work. That's obviously science. It, it, clearly, you and I have never seen it, so it must be true. Um, but again. 53rd triple-double of his career. He is 10th all-time. He's behind Larry Bird. Next on the list is Larry Bird. He is 23 years old. 23. 23 years old. It's insane what this guy is accomplishing right now.
1: Barton Hahn on this look at the NBA brought to you by Fresh Pet. Real pet food fresh from the fridge. And, again, it was something that was special. It happened at home, so you saw the the crowd just go absolutely yeah. crazy. The Mavs fans are going nuts. And, again, you even saw Dirk Nowitzki which I thought was super cool. You know, they, they just had his, um, uh, what, they, they built a, um, what do you call it? A statue, statue? outside yeah. of the arena there, and he was there watching it and just go from one legend to another, and another international legend, right? That's something that Mark Cuban had saw. It's something yep. that Mark Cuban saw firsthand when he was, um, you know, the owner of the, of the Mavs, and they were facing off Greg Popovich, and Popovich would always have a guy like Manu. They would always have Bino Udra. They would always have Tony Parker. They'd always have someone, an international player that took it to the next, level and it's interesting because I don't still believe and I don't know maybe this because he's an international player maybe it's because of the Mavericks that you're going to look at Luka and getting the love that a John Morant does that a Steph Curry does right that that he's on that the the tip of your tongue as if I go to just a run-of-the-milk NBA fan and go who's the most exciting player right now I don't think we're going to have a lot of people say Luka I really I really don't I think they're well, going to say Ja, well, I think they're going to say Steph, I think they're going to say LeBron, I don't think they're going to say Luke. How many people say the two-time defending MVP?
2: <laughs> like how Jokic, many, right? How many people say his name? Yeah. I think I think. I think you're right. It's Giannis, it's Curry, and it's Ja. That would be like, if you asked me, like, hey, price of admission, sit down, who are you going to watch? Who are you going to pay to go watch? Uh, like, those three would come up probably before I would mention, mention Doncic or Jokic, and I think both of them – are worth they're again 5th and 10th all time. All-time no. in triple-doubles and 1s 27 and 1s 23. They could be one and two all-time the greatest triple-double performers in NBA history and and they don't kind of come up first two three names when you start talking about, you know, who's the marquee name you want to go see.
1: Uh, I wonder if I could have gotten good odds over on FanDuel about it. Like, what what is it? Scoring 50 in two of the last three games and brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook make every moment more because you probably could have gotten pretty good odds on not somebody grabbing 60 points, God. 21 boards, and 10 assists. And again, being right there with Larry Legend. But what's funny, Brayden, is I started going through this, and I'm like, all right, let's look how impressive his season has been, and it's been damn good. And then I look, Joel Embiid right now, <laughs> averages more points, more rebounds, better field goal percentage, better free throw percentage right now, and the 76ers have more wins right now. And how often do we talk about Joel and, and what he's done? The
2: the only time we talk about Joel Embiid is like either injuries or the, the how they're going to trade, how they're going to trade right. somebody somewhere somehow. Like literally that's what's happening right now. So I agree. His skill set is also off the charts, insane. Like just these guys skill the, the way the game has evolved, and again, I know we sound like old, grumpy old men now, but like the game is so different, and these tri- triple threat Back in are my incredible.
1: day, when James <laughs> Naismith and his peach basket. All right, we'll talk more NBA. Also, someone's coaching for a job and a college career not getting enough attention here on Barton Hahn.
0: Thanks for listening to the Barton Hahn Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can
3: listen and watch the guys on the ESPN app. This is the Barton Hahn Podcast.